Welcome to the Authentic Confidence Podcast with Ben Foskey. Our mission is to help you find, coach, and communicate confidence in every area of your career. Join us for real conversations about how to build a confident life with world-class leaders, educators, and influencers. All right, everyone, welcome to Authentic Confidence. I am your host, Ben Foskey, and excited to have Allison Garner with us today. Hello, Allison. So excited. So Allison is, she's a published author, she's a TEDx speaker, and she also is the owner of an executive coaching and leader, leadership development firm called Thoughtly, and also one of my dearest friends. So Allison, welcome to the podcast Excited to have you. So as always, we have the same opening question for our guests. What's been your journey with confidence? Fill us in. Mm. Well, I think if I go backwards, my confidence now as a result of quitting my lifelong career, (laughs) it's really high. So like today I'm 50 and I launched this totally different career in my early 40s. So it's really high now. And if I go back to, you know, a place where it was the lowest, or I remember it being the lowest was probably middle school. Yeah. So what Um, was going on there, which is tough for just about everybody. Yeah. I weighed about 60 pounds in middle school, by the way, which um, is is evidently is not exactly what most people are looking for. No. Yeah, I like I was the other I was really chubby as a kid. Oh. Okay. Like real chubby. And we would have been great friends because we, we tended to we yeah, we tended to, you know. <laughs> yes. Like cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, middle school was rough. I think that's when I started to notice like it's the it's like the year I stopped doing cartwheels for no reason. Yeah. Right. Like suddenly you're aware that other people are watching you and they're judging you. Yeah. And I think they're not, they're not laughing, laughing with you. They're laughing at you. Totally. Totally. And it's such an awkward age anyways. Yeah. Like it's such a mess. Middle school to me is just like, we just skip over all that. So that was rough. So what do you Um, think you were saying to yourself or about yourself during that phase? Oh man, I wanted to be popular. Hmm. that's what I wanted. I wanted why, to be- why do you think that is? What do you, what was it that popularity had that you, hmm. everybody liked them. Hmm. So really it's just wanting to be liked, right? For sure. Popular uh, kids accepted. were liked, accepted. accepted. That's it's tighter. And it's if cool. you're accepted, then what happens? Then you're fine. Yeah. Right. You love, you got friends, you got people that go through hard things with, you're not alone. You're the phone's ringing. Well, it's also that you're doing it right. Yeah. Cause if you're doing it right, then you're accepted. So if I'm not being accepted, I, I gotta keep trying things until I find a way in. Yeah. And, and if I don't find a way in, then there's something wrong with me. I mean, that was my, that's the language I would have used early. Like, no, there's something wrong with me. I don't know exactly what it is, mm-hmm. um, but there's something. So, so you get through that phase. So, how did you survive that? Um, God, how did I survive that? Uh, I did 
I did get into the popular crowd. Oh, you did. You oh, made yeah. it in. Oh. Did they have a name or anything like some popular. It just if those if the popular girls hung out with you. And at at that point, it was actually through the boys that I ended up being becoming oh, friends with the girls. Sure. I always fit in and belonged and were accepted by boys my whole yeah. life. Interesting. So uh, it was, it's funny if Jim Bars ever listens to this podcast, it was because of him. He weighed oh. 60 pounds in middle school. So <laughs> See, I told you we would have been friends. Yes. I told you we would have been friends. Little. Yeah. Uh, our group was called the sisters in our school, the sisters. And they like picture the hallway where the eight yes. women walked down and it was yes. like. And their hair is blowing. You, yeah, yeah. You would, you would like put your shoulders up against the lockers and try not to get trampled. <laughs> Here they go. And, yeah. It was, a, it was a real thing. Yeah. I yeah. was definitely not friends with them, by the way, not not at that point. But yeah, yeah. so so you get accepted. Mm-hmm. But were you were you attempting to be someone you weren't to get into that group? Were you sure? Yeah. So what was I mean? That? I had to be the imposter syndrome, which is what everyone you know wants yeah. to talk about with that. So what what was that looking like? I don't know that I knew who I was. I just knew that it wasn't right, and until I could conform and be like them to be accepted. So once I was accepted, I was like, okay, well, this is what it must be like. Yeah. This is what you do. Yeah. But it still wasn't quite right. Mm. Like I still would find areas where it's like, Ooh, then one of them would get mad at me. Right. And then they would all turn against me. Then I'd be like, Oh shit, I did it wrong again. Yeah. We swear on your podcast. Yeah. You can just say whatever you want. Yeah. We're and, and, and when that happens, then it's like, we go back to that underconfident, space of saying okay i i what do i have to who who do i have to apologize to whether i mean it or not yeah to to get get, back in to get back in right because being left out again would mean right what well it um was terrorizing and i'm not using that word lightly i could not sleep i remember um my dad had remarried by then and his first this is his second wife she was really kind and she didn't have any children of her own but she was really good at listening Mm. and i remember calling her in the middle of the night even though i'm at my mom's house i would call this stepmom and i would be sobbing and she would be like okay this is what you do and she like i remember her one time she made a big batch of popcorn and then wrote the names of all of my friends and brought, oh my God, it's making me cry. She brought it to my house so that I could give it to these girls the next day so that mm. we could be friends again. Oh my gosh. What a sweetheart. She was, yeah. So what yeah. what did what did that deposit mean to you? Oh, it was it was huge because I didn't know how to really make friends. Yeah. And my dad wasn't really around and my mom. She just taught me that when somebody in her world, um, if you screw up, you're dead to me. So yeah. then if somebody like if somebody did something to me, then my mom would say, OK, well, I guess she's not your friend anymore. And right. then she was off like that was it. They were no longer and that. OK, well, I tried that. That didn't work very well because <laughs> then yeah. I ran out of friends because everybody <laughs> makes mistakes. Right. And my first stepmom was the one who showed me um, whatever happened the thing to do is to go back and just dial back in, be nice, bring a gift, apologize, whatever you need to do. I don't know if that was like the right thing either, but 
but it was but i to me i guess the the it was a foundational person who yeah. right so in in my confidence journey my experience there's always someone along the way that believes in us or sees us differently than we see ourselves yeah and it shifts it's like maybe i'm not a reject maybe i'm not you know maybe yeah. there isn't something wrong with me because she's so kind and and for me and sounds like you felt that with her like yeah who i can who, trust her who makes you know popcorn and gets the names like clearly that that's someone who's think laying awake at night wondering how you're doing yeah and what does yeah. that feel like to have someone like that yeah like what what shift did that help you make well then i started to like learn the social cues and mm. build that social awareness with her help mm. and like that's awesome. being able to yeah yeah so that was huge because then if you fast forward to college that is really i i think a lot of my college journey and getting through engineering school was because i knew how to make friends with yeah. everybody yeah so how did you choose engineering um uh, it was mostly because I didn't really know what I wanted to do and it pays well. And, <laughs> and it was, um, for sure. My father still like yearning for my father's acceptance. He's an yeah. engineer. So like yeah. part of that, like if I could do it, then maybe, then, then maybe he would accept me. Um, and there's a, there was definitely a chip on my shoulder around, um, I think my my I was insecure about my own intellect. Mm. And so and I, this would prove if I can graduate with this then obviously I'm smart. I have the proof of a science engineering background yeah. that Right. And it's funny because I majored in computer I minored in computer science in college and I was awful at it. Oh. And it was because Y2K so yeah. I graduated in 1998 and I was like you have to get a job in computers. Remember I mean that's really yes. the phrase and I was awful in it. I was absolutely awful in it. And the reason why I went into it is because, okay, well, you know, I'll have, I'll have, you know, the, these people that think I will be, if I, if I minor in this, then I must be smart. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is I had no passion, no interest, no skill. Right. I mean, it was a miserable experience. I actually cheated in mm -hmm. a class. So this mm -hmm. is a weird story. So I cheated in this class. And I was at uh, UW Green Bay, which is, you know, I went there to major in golf. And uh, I contacted the professor years later oh, and, and apologized for my cheating and asked him if I had to, like, give my diploma back. Like, I was that. It <laughs> bothered me yes? for that many years. I went through, like, a cleansing experience. And and he's like, so I email him, you know, dear professor, whatever. I think he might still be there. But uh so sorry, I cheated in your class and, you know, what do I need to do? And he's like, well, in all of my, whatever, 30 years, I've never gotten this email before. He's like, so that you're, I, so basically your penance is tell people not to cheat and that it's going to catch up to them and not to, you know, make the mistake you made. So yeah, I literally like 20 years after graduation sent him an email saying, I'm sorry, but anyway, so That's you cool. major in engineering, you get done with that. What happens next? Then I get out into the world. I get hired. Um, I end up in the oil industry. Um, gosh, was I insecure then? 
I think I still had a massive chip on my shoulder. At that point, I wasn't insecure about the social part. Yeah. I was just insecure about my intellect. Yeah. Proving the world wrong. Here's right. Here's a, yep. a woman in a man's world. A little bit of that for sure. Prove to you, I can do this. I got this. You won't be smarter than me. You won't have better solutions than I have. Like I'm going to outwork you, out hustle you, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, that. And, and I was also like, there was a physicality as well that uh, my first job was in the oil field. So there was a lot of physicality in that training. So you're out yeah. there and you're slinging pipes and you're, you know, you're throwing around sledgehammer. And I ended up in that first job as a tool pusher, which meant the drilling bit, which is, you know, six feet long and whatever I had, we had two on site. So I was always repairing one. So it was a very physical job. And for me, that was really important because that was the other place that I was insecure because I'd been heavy as a kid and I never excelled in athletics. I was always good enough. Mm. Um, and my insecurity around my own athleticism, I, I was in the popular crowd in high school. So these girls were not just fucking smart, like they were so smart, but they were massive athletes. And oh, I, just, sure. I tried so hard to keep up with them. Yeah. And so um, that was another thing for me. Like my first year in college, I walked on to the rowing team at Madison. And yeah. I, got on. And I was That's actually, amazing. I was actually really good at that sport, which is amazing because I'd never been good, but nobody, that was back in the days where nobody had rowed. Sure, so sure. All of us were walk-ons. So when I'm in a group of people <laughs> I've never done it before, like I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I still had that chip on my shoulder as well as like, I wanted to be seen as as physically strong and like unbreakable yeah i don't know so if you're a badass you're a badass you're like come bring it i got yeah. I, so whatever I got you do boots. I, yeah i got a hard hat don't carry that for me don't fix it for more don't you dare tighten that for me like so you are would you say you had armor at that point you're sort of armored 100%. for battle you're ready yeah. for an argument yes. ready for things that you know go ahead and challenge me good luck mm -hmm. yeah okay so you go through that and what happens next? I was pretty miserable. Um, it, intellectually, it was not stimulating work at all. It was yeah. like mind-bogglingly boring. Like it was, uh, and I hated it. Um, so two Were to three Were you good years, at it? I don't know. Not really. <laughs> like I wasn't bad. Yeah. I did get promoted quickly. And then I was sent to start up a new business line out on the West Coast. Um. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I was good. I don't even know that it mattered. I just hated the job so much. So I was like, I couldn't. So that's when I made the jump into refining. Yeah. So what happened was I called my dad and I went home for the 4th of July and he's like, are you ready to come work for my company? Mm. What was and that was like, like? I'm not working for you. It was, a, you know, without going into all the therapy and the weird daddy issues and all of that, right? It was... <laughs> It was an exit strategy for me. I could get yeah. out of that industry yep. and, sure. and yep. get back it's home. A, it's a gap. It's a stop gap. Fine. But then I come back to the thing that I'd been, that had been generating so much of my own self-loathing and yeah. unworthiness, and I jumped right back into it. Yeah. So now I'm working for my father, and he still doesn't truly accept me. It's not that yeah. he actively didn't accept me, and there wasn't much to like not accept. Like, yeah. He just didn't see me as strong, smart, whatever. And so I was going to prove to him. Yeah. And I spent 17 years in his company proving to him that I was smart, I was strong, I could do anything. Please be proud. So how do you do that for 17 years? What are you saying to yourself during that journey? 
that allows yeah. you to stay in it. Because obviously you could do a million. At some point now you're back home or in the area you wanted yeah. to be. Obviously, it doesn't take it's, – it's not a stopgap if it's 17 years. So what are you saying to yourself to stay there? Mm. That it was like that this is going to be my company. And when, mm. it's, and when I take over, then I'll – It'll be different. Yep, I'll make it better. Yeah. Um, so what broke that or what, what caused yeah. you to no longer to believe that? Because obviously you end up leaving after 17 years, whatever. What yeah. changed? It was therapy. So tell me more about that. So it right around 2008, um, my I was drinking a lot and I was starting to get scared because I come from a long line of alcoholics. Yeah. That and I that was scaring me. I yeah. was like, you know, this probably isn't good. So what were you, um, what were you scared was gonna happen? That I would become an alcoholic. Yeah. I'd be like my mom. Yeah. And then and eventually my sister. Yeah. Um, and then eventually my husband and my son. <laughs> Yeah, so it's real, right? So the fear is real. This yeah. is not an irrational fear. This right. is a rational one. Yeah. Yes. So <clears throat> I I started therapy at that point and I was working 40 hours. I had two children in diapers. I was the caretaker of my grandparents who were really, really sick and had moved back from Florida. My dad was supposed to take care of them. He didn't. So mm. then I decided from my high pedestal that I put myself on, it was my job to do that <laughs> as well. And I got my MBA. Yeah. All during that. And so when I showed up at wow. the therapist, she's just like, oh boy, <laughs> that's a lot. And, and, and I was, I mean, you talk to my kids or my husband, anybody that knew me then, I was not nice. I had, just, I had a very short fuse. Yeah. On the go. Really it was yeah, awful. No, no room for mistakes, no room for incompetence, no room for anyone wow. not doing exactly what they need to do around you. Right. There's no grace. I had yeah. no access to grace. Well, you had, you had no margin for grace. You, 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 you what do you no. got five minutes in your car to take a breath? Right. I, yeah. It was awful. So how did you decide to leave then? What was the final decision? Um, well, I had to do the journey of like, who am I? So hmm. if I'm not an engineer, right, then what am I? Who am I? Um, so that's where, uh, that work started to kick in where, you know, what am I, what are my gifts? You know, yeah. what am I actually pretty good at that some, that people actually can't do. You think that your gifts yeah. aren't gifts until people yeah. are like, I don't right. know how to do that. Right. So that's where I started. To so discover, what were they? I'm really good with people. Yes, you and are. And I'm really, thank you. And <laughs> I'm really good at holding my strength lies in my ability to hold a tight container. Hmm. I can be with people in their darkest, darkest places. Yeah. And well, and isn't that interesting, yeah. Allison? I found this too, is your experiences qualified you to be in that space with oh people. Oh my God. Yeah. If you hadn't gone through, and this is what I think, you know, in our in confidence journeys, people think they see Allison and oh my gosh, she's traveling the world, and we're gonna get to that in a second. You know, traveling the world, helping people in significant ways, and life has always been easy, but often the reason why you're able to do those things is because you've been through and can relate to people that are going through pretty traumatic experiences. And, yeah. you know, my story, the eight jobs in eight years, that's a horrible resume. That's mm -hmm. a great coach's resume though. Yeah. Right. And, and it's because I, I'm like, man, I've, I've worked for narcissistic leaders and I've worked for incompetence and I've, you know, hated my job and I had panic attacks trying to get in the parking lot you know, mm -hmm. so for your journey, clearly 
when people say, Allison, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. Even if you don't, chances are you're like adjacent to something they right? you like yeah. in my darkest point, I said I was never suicidal, but I could see suicidal thoughts from where I stood. Mm. Like I understood yeah. suicidal thoughts for the first time. Yeah. Um, and so that journey, I'm guessing during this therapeutic experience, now you're yeah. going, oh, I think I can help people. And I don't know what that looks like, but it's better than this. It's better than this sort of soul sucking work that I'm in now. Yeah. So then you 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 leave, and what do you launch? What do you what do you do next? So in the in the interim, I I did get trained in coaching. It was actually my therapist's suggestion, and I laughed at yeah. her as I do, and because I think I laughed at you, and then we started working together, and then I laughed at somebody else that you and I both yeah. know. I ended up yeah. working with him too. Um, and I got trained. So I went mm. I went to school to get trained in coaching just to see, like, let me put a toe in the water. Yeah. And I was like. I, this is my, this is a really good use of my skills because yeah. there is enough intellectual challenge yeah, and there's enough of the emotional connection and difficulty and intensity that like, it was a sweet spot for me. So, um, yeah, and this so is, launched- this is thoughtly, right? So this is yes. launching thoughtly. So this is and, back in 2015. And, uh, you and I met, so. Allison did a keynote at the women's leadership conference and I opened for her and I will never forget when you were done in the middle of, I'm like, Allison and I are going to, if she'll allow me, like not in a creepy stalker way, but if she's open to being friends, like I, so my experience is my experience of your keynote was so honest. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a person who doesn't feel the need. She's not a keynote speaker on a stage. Yes. She's, she is saying this, I want to be seen by you. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I want you to spend the rest of your life being seen for who you are. And I felt that in, in your, in your presentation. And I was like, wow. And then I saw your coaching in action and I'm like, she coaches the same way. It's like, I'm, Hey, I might be wrong on this, but I'm experienced. Like, what do you think about this? And I'm, I mean, just a super refreshing perspective because I think there's so many, you know, I, that's why I asked you about the armor before. I think so many of us are just behind the armor, oh, phoning, yeah. phoning it in, you know, it's yes. a version of ourselves, you know, like what you were in middle school, right? You were a version of yourself that you wanted to present. So how did you, how did you approach what was it like then when you start this coaching work? You yeah. Have very little background in it. Right. People would say, and I'm an engineer. Would, so people are like, why would I uh-huh. hire you to yeah. be my executive coach? Right. How did you, how did that, oh my God. how did that go? Didn't go well, Ben. Didn't go well. <laughs> so I will say, and I remember like at some point, it was like my third or my fourth month after leaving that company and like trying to launch this one. And I would, it was like every morning I woke up and was like, oh, <gasps> Like it, I was totally anxiety ridden. Um, yeah. and my husband's like, okay. And I, and we had, we decided to pay off our house the year because I was like, if I don't bring an income, we're not losing this house. Yeah. It's so that real. was the plan. That yeah, was the it's plan. real. 
And he's like, I'll keep the insurance and you can like start this and then ramp up. It'll take you three years, right? And I was like, I don't know. I've never done this before. So off I go. In my first year, I made like $6,000. And so my husband's like, that was cute. But like, now you've got to get a job. Yeah. So I, I was massively insecure. I found a whole new level of fear and insecurity around rejection. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, you have a great conversation with someone. It's like getting a second date, right? You're like, well, for sure, we're going to talk again. Yeah. And then, and then they don't. I'm not sure I have your right email because I emailed you know five times. And there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you liked me. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's real because, right, you're now selling yourself for the first time. Oh, yeah. You're not selling an industry or a product or a service that you know can prove work. It's like, yeah. Uh, here's me. Would you like to work yeah. together? And then they say no, which means yeah. what? What did you interpret that rejection as? Yeah. Um, so I- irrelevant yeah. and unimportant. And now let's fast forward to mm-hmm. today. You're taking trips around the world. Yes. You have amazing coaching clients. You yes. are, you know, have, have led sessions and have done coaching experience that are literally people are describing as life-changing, game-changing, never seen before. Mm-hmm. So how's life now? I I cannot believe that I get to do this, right? Like there are times when like gratitude's not even the right word because it's more <laughs> than that. Yeah. Um, I can't. So there was a, a book that was written um, and he's taught it's David Brooks. And I think the book is a path to character. And he talks about resume virtues versus eulogy virtues. Right. Mm. And when he talks about the eulogy virtues, I just heard this a few weeks ago. I was like, that's it. Yeah. That's what people, matters. People now know, know me and yeah. they know that I see them and they know that I get them. And they know that there's one person out of the 7.7 billion on this planet that will stand for them. Yeah. And I will help them to see the things that either they don't want to look at or that they don't even know are there. You're making popcorn. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like it, I can't, I touch my chest because it's like my heart just explodes. I'm such a like connection is who I be. It's one yeah. of my essences. And when I get to do it, it's like crack, you know, you just can't have enough of it. Well, and what I picture Allison is like your stepmom made the popcorn for your friends. Like I'm picturing you laying awake at night going, what is this person's breakthrough? And oh, that's it. That's the question. That's the conversation. Like I, you know, I've been around you enough Allison does a ton of help with our work and the groups, the coach, group coaching that we do. She's fabulous. It's not a job for you. Mm-mm. You know, like this is, this is, you would do it for free and we don't, but you know, you, you would. Yeah. And the reason is, is because, you know, when the, I love the eulogy analogy, right? It's mm-hmm. like the resume is all about the stuff. And yet when we drive off the parking lot or when it's our last day there, <clears throat> you know, the stuff's going to change. The processes are going to change. Engineering is going to change. But the deposit your stepmom made in your life that day is permanent. That was a permanent yes. imprint in yes. Allison, you matter. And I don't even care what happens with your friends or doesn't happen. Right. Like, I'm doing this for you, not for them. Yeah. Yes. And that's the sense that I get. That's the kind of coach you are. It's like, yeah. Yes, your family and your team is important and your organization and, and increasing revenue and results and all yeah. that stuff matters. I'm making a deposit in you. 
because you matter to me and you're worth the investment. And um, mm-hmm. so to me, that's that's the work that I see you doing now. And you know, for all of us, it's not a straight line. But your your organization is amazing, and the work that you do is amazing. And so, final thoughts for our podcasters, yeah. no, our podcast our friends, our friends. Final, what are what are your thoughts, ideas, suggestions for those who are listening to this and they're mm-hmm. saying, "But you don't understand my journey, Allison. You don't know the cards I've been dealt." Yeah, you and Ben, life's been easy for you guys. Yeah. What what would you what's your recommendation or suggestion for people who are in the middle of it right now and are having a hard time finding confidence from where they sit? So when you're in the dark place, and we all have dark places, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what your flavor is. We're, we've all been through them. Um, I want people to hear this statement, and that is there's no reason to do it alone. Mm. You can no harm, no foul. There is no reason to do it alone. So get supported. Find people who do this work. Find people who are immersed in the work themselves and and go be with them. Yeah. Yeah. Be with someone who's in a spot you'd love to get to at some point. Absolutely. And chances are they have their own story just like yours. Everybody does. Yeah. And I think, you know, for for all of us and in, in this work that we do, um, you know, the day I hired a coach, it's it's humbling to say, I need a, I need someone to help. I'm sort of stuck. I just yeah. need somebody to help me get unstuck. And we're just, as Americans, I think, built to figure That's it out, fast. right? That every hero in every movie is like figuring it out on their own. Well, the reality yes. is if we really watch those movies, there's always somebody that makes a deposit. And so if you're if you're uh if you're an executive Mm. And you're feeling stuck and you want to be seen and you want to be heard and you want to get some challenging questions or some honest, caring feedback. Mm-hmm. Allison, I couldn't recommend her enough mm. for that sort of work. So you go to gothoughtly.com. So G O E thoughtly. Be thoughtly. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's right. <laughs> be thoughtly.com. Yeah. So B E thoughtly.com. And yeah. she would love to help you in whatever way she can. And I just want to say, you know, in our work, Allison came on the authentic confidence journey mm-hmm. early. Um, and there are a few people that, you know, you sort of trust with, you know, this is, this is like, this is important work to me. This really matters. And for Allison to join the journey with us. And she said yes, even when she's like another assessment about. Oh my gosh, the world does not need another assessment. I'm like, I know, but just but this experience one. it with me. Just try yes. it with me. And she's like, this is going to change people's lives. This is different than some of the other. And just the encouragement in my early days of this work of you saying, no, Ben, let let's keep doing it. Yeah. And we just finished a retreat. Yes. Last week that was. We had 12 people with us and it was just an amazing experience. And Allison, you know, was there helping us lead it. So I can't thank you enough for all the work and who you are in my life and in the lives of those you serve and in your family's life. So thank you so much for the time together. And this has been Authentic Confidence, everyone. Thank you, Allison. Thanks, Ben. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you again on soon. Please. All right. Bye. Bye.